Our values are amazing. These values are very similar to what we held in the military. And people live those values. They really believe what we do is, has a purpose and it's bigger than, than just us. It's, it's supporting our constitution, supporting our rights, all our rights. And that's what makes me get up every day. And, and I tell my, my kids, I'm like, look, I am just as proud to put on my Raytheon technology shirt every day as I was my military uniform for over 20 years. Welcome to Security Cleared Jobs, Who's Hiring and How, the podcast for cleared professionals looking for new opportunities and career advice. We go behind the scenes with recruiters and hiring managers from leading cleared employers to uncover the information you need to make a smart career move. Get ready for insights from this week's guest and your hosts, Kathleen Smith and Rachel Bozeman. Well, welcome to another episode of our podcast, This voice is Rachel, and today I'm going to introduce you to another voice, which is Tony Gilbert, who is the Program Manager of Military and Veteran Recruitment at Raytheon Missiles and Defense. I'm so glad you're here today, Tony. Thank you. Well, I think the important part to start this conversation is first just thanking you for your service. Tell us a little bit about your service and just your path at Raytheon Missiles and Defense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I appreciate you all having me on this today. Uh, so, yeah, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Tony Gilbert. Um, like Rachel said, I'm the Program Manager of Military and Veteran Recruitment for Raytheon Missiles and Defense. Uh, and we are one of the four business units of Raytheon Technologies. I served in the United States Army for over 20 years. I list, enlisted in the 90s, but I did retire um, after 20 years of service in the end of 2015. Um, during my career, I was military intelligence, uh, spent several years doing intel work, a lot around the cleared space, uh, and ended my career in Army Recruiting Command. Uh, which I absolutely love recruiting. So that's kind of what led to my passion around helping others find employment. Um, When I retired, I did the corporate fellowship program. It's a skill bridge program through Hiring Our Heroes. Uh, And I did that with Lockheed Martin. So I spent my first four and a half years after retirement with Lockheed Martin, uh, varying roles from college recruiter, talent acquisition manager. Uh, I led our military relations team uh, at the enterprise level, and I was our candidate engagement talent engagement leader before Raytheon recruited me to come over um, and create a military and veteran recruitment program for them. And I've been with the company uh, about a year, about 13, almost 14 months now, and I absolutely love it, love the culture and the people. So you kind of alluded to it, but we know that Raytheon Technologies has the four business units. You've got Collins Aerospace, Pratt & Whitney, Raytheon Intelligence and Space, and then Raytheon Missiles and Defense. So could you just tell us a little bit more about the missiles and defense and what you're primarily manufacturing? Yeah, absolutely. So for Raytheon Missiles and Defense, uh, it's really, it's all in our title. We manufacture a lot of um, missile and defense systems. So some of the missile systems you'd be familiar with are the Patriot missile system. Uh, And, you know, we use those early, you know, back in the 90s during the first Gulf War, uh, shooting down the Scud missiles back in uh, when Iraq was invading Kuwait. So our Tomahawk missiles that you see that we deploy and manufacture those in Tucson, Arizona, so the Javelin, that's a joint venture with Lockheed Martin. So we built the Javelin missile. And Ukraine just ordered 10,000 Stinger missiles, which are what they're using against uh, Russia right now. So that's just a few of our different um, missiles that we build. And we build uh, several missiles for F-35, F-16, 
F-18, most missiles that are manufactured, we, we build. So when it comes to defense systems, on the naval ships, we build the Aegis Combat System, which is a radar system. It really runs the, it's the brains of the ship. So we do a lot of that. You know, I, I love to think of our products as deterrence. You know, uh, I've heard people over in, in Ukraine or in, in Iraq or Saudi that say, I sleep better at night because I'm sleeping underneath the Patriot. Um, you know, we defend democracy. And I really, truly believe that. And we support the warfighter. How awesome. It's how rewarding to come to work each day, knowing the difference that you're making. So just so awesome. Would you mind telling our listeners, just kind of give them a little bit more of the idea of the size and scope and really the geography of the cleared opportunities within missiles and defense? If you look across all of our business areas, so we have, like you said, we have Pratt & Whitney, Collins, uh, our, and those are com- mainly our commercial sector. Uh, you know, Pratt, they do manufacture engines for like the F-35. Collins does a lot of cockpit stuff. Uh, and then you've got RMD missiles and then Intel in space. So most of our cleared roles are going to sit within our two defense sectors of our business. Um, and right now we have about 7,000 job openings across the United States. And out of those 7,000, about half of those require security clearance. So inside of Raytheon Missiles and Defense, currently as of today, we have about 1,100 uh, roles that require security clearance, anywhere from secret all the way up to uh, TSSCI full-scope poly roles. Now, Raytheon Intelligence and Space, our counterpart, they have about 1,500 roles that require clearance. So, um, you know, our defense sector has most of our cleared work. No shortage of need, that sounds like, for sure. Absolutely not. So when you think of all of those cleared opportunities, somewhere in the upwards of 2,600 between those two different sectors there, what are some of the greatest hiring needs or those really, really tough to fill positions? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure you hear this with everyone, cybersecurity. (laughs) What? Never heard that one before. (laughs) Yeah, right. And I like to talk more about that if we get a chance, why cyber and how you can break into that. Um, a lot of our engineering, most all of our engineering roles when it comes to system engineer, electrical, any of our engineering positions typically are going to require at least a, a secret clearance. Because, you know, when you're putting together pieces of equipment, only, you know, a small piece of it's only a secret clearance. But when you get it all together in one package, that's where it becomes that TS, a top secret level work. Um, so cyber engineering, any system net administrative, any cloud architecture, um, and we have a lot of roles like in finance that require clearance because if you're working on a cleared program, uh, you have to have a clearance. So a lot of the clearances are going to be program centric. If you're working on a, a classified program, then your janitor is going to have a clearance. Absolutely. And then you know the question that everyone wants to know, are these in person or are they fully remote or are they kind of a mixture of both? So we should talk about that because if you're going to get paid to use your, and I'm, I have a strong opinion on this. Um, because if we're going to pay you a premium for security clearance, then you're probably going to have to come to the office because most of the work we do, if it requires a top secret clearance, you're not going to be able to do from the comfort of your living room. Now, things are changing, and I will say that we do have um, a lot of our classified work is going hybrid. So, uh, for example, our whole life engineering group is you know secret TS level work. Uh, they give people the option two days a week at home. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they're on site. Tuesday, Thursday, or whatever, you know, from your leadership, uh, 
you know, you can work remotely. So I feel like the DOD is starting to do a better job at taking pieces of work and separating it out, or our companies are uh, in the DOD space, are separating it out enough where it's not classified when it's in a small chunk. You know, as it starts getting put together, it gets more classified. And I think that's how we're really turning the table on that hybrid. Now, a fully remote job when you have a job that requires a TS, probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, let's be realistic. It, right. You know, you're probably going to have to come in, but we do have a good mix. If you look at our job site, about um, 3,500 of our 7,000 jobs give you an option for hybrid or remote or like part-time telecommuting, whatever you want to call it. And we do have that filter on our job site where you can go in and click pretty quickly. Clearance level, um, you know, part-time remote or teleworking. But if, if you plan on using your clearance, I would plan on going into the office some. Don't move to South Dakota and then want to go get a clear job, you know. Exactly. No, that's great. And I know you have, you in particular have a special place in your heart for those transitioning military as well. So could you tell us a little bit about the programs that you have that support those service members when they're coming on board? Yeah, absolutely. So we have so many programs. So, you know, we'll start with, so they hired me last year to create a military program for Raytheon Missiles and Defense. But in the overarching scheme of things, I was hired to really help create it across the enterprise of Raytheon. So within my first year here, we've got our Intel and Space Division now as a military relations team. Collins Aerospace now has a military relations team. And Pratt and Whitney has taken their diversity lead and put him part-time doing military relations. So that's the first thing. Each of our business units have a dedicated military hiring team. So what does that mean? If someone reaches out to me on LinkedIn and says, hey, Tony, I'm interested in Raytheon. You know, we're going to get them screened and see if they're a fit for our company. And here's the thing. Even if they're not a fit, we're still going to give them resources. We're going to give them resources on how to tailor their resume, how to ace an interview, how to effectively search a job site to find roles. So we offer the same level of assistance to the highest cleared individual, to the guy or girl right out of high school, did four years and got out. We, we provide that to everyone. So uh, we really provide like red carpet treatment for any veteran, military spouse, or transitioning service member. When they do decide that, hey, I found some jobs that I'm a fit for, we'll take their resume and their screening and we'll put them right in the recruiter and hiring manager's front door and say, hey, this veteran applied for your role. And we pr- interview about 90% of all veterans that my military relations team sends to managers. Um, and about half of those get hired. Uh, we have a very robust SkillBridge program. Last year we had hosted 35, and this year we're going to host over 100 across the corporation. So if people are interested in the SkillBridge program, we help with that. We have a veteran transition development program where we open requisitions specifically for veterans or spouses, and we only hire veterans on those recs, and we put them through a year program to help them uh, transition out of the military and, and grow within our corporation. So. So no shortage of opportunities. It's just taking a hold of those opportunities and asking questions, right? Yeah, because you'd be surprised. So I'll send 100 people an email say, hey, I will help you. If you apply to a job, I will send it to the manager. We will try to do everything we can to get you an interview. And out of those 100 people, maybe only 10% will actually go find a job on our website, apply to it, and send me a message and say, hey, Tony or my team, I applied to this job. Can you help me out? 10%. It's a bona fide offer, friends. He's saying if you go out there and seek the job, they're going to give you all the resources necessary. That's awesome. And you mentioned a little bit about 
talking about resumes. You know, it's our favorite topic. You can't be a recruiter and not have an opinion about a resume. So I would love to hear... Oh, I got a bunch of them. <laughs> They're so much fun, aren't they? Uh, could you tell us like a mistake that you see quite often that veterans make on their resumes? I would say the biggest thing that, that we do as veterans is the closer we get to transitioning out, the more nervous we get and we start applying for every job we see out there and not tailor the resume. You have to tailor your resume to every job you apply to. You're better off applying for five jobs with a specific tailored resume to the basic qualifications or basic requirements of the job than applying to 100 jobs with a, with a general resume. You have to tailor, you know, I'm sure everyone says, you, you know, you got to get the lingo, the military lingo out. I would recommend giving someone that's never served a day in their life in the military, your neighbor that works at wherever and have them read your resume. That's what I advise people to do all the time. And don't apply to jobs too soon. So I know we get nervous after a career, however many years you served, and you're six months out from being terminal leave date and you're applying to jobs. You got to wait till you're in that sweet spot, like 90 days from, from your availability to start work is when you should probably start applying to jobs. And I know that's stressful for a lot of people, uh, but it's you can't start too early, really, because you'll you're going to apply, get an interview, and then they're like, oh, I'm not available until February. The, the moral of the story is you have to tailor your resume. I cannot say that enough because, we, you know, at Raytheon, these big companies like us, we get 500 people on one requisition, one job opening, 500 people. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to tailor down or we're not going to look through 500 resumes. So I'm going to start putting keyword searches into our applicant tracking system. If there's a qualification for a bachelor's degree, I'm going to put bachelor's. It's going to narrow it from 500 to 100. And then I'm going to keep putting more qualifications in. So I have my like top five or 10. And then I'm going to look at their resumes and I'm going to do a recruiter screen. But if you're missing one of the major qualifications because you just didn't know or you're just too lazy to tailor your resume, then you could have missed out on the perfect opportunity. I know you can't see me out there in podcast world, but I am raising my hands in ditto. Yes, please tailor your resumes. Take the five minutes. Read the job description. Someone put it together for a reason. Read it. See what aligns and tailor the resume. Yes. Yes, yeah, yes. If you've got a good general yes. resume, it takes five minutes. It literally would take five minutes to go in there and change some keywords, change some bullet points. Yeah, it's so it's so easy. Absolutely. And it's the difference between the interview and the non-interview. And something you shared, you know, one requisition that you post, you could get 500 applicants on there. So there are a lot of applicants out there, um, a lot of folks, but we know it is still a candidate's market, right? There's many places they can go and great organizations and, and all of those things. So what are some of the key selling points that you share about Raytheon Missile and Defense to kind of woo those candidates your direction. You know, one of the biggest things I tell people is that after serving in the military, uh, it, for me, it was a natural transition to stay in the defense world because I've served my country since I was 18 years old. And that's all I've ever known. So for me, staying in the defense industry was a big thing. So I think that's something that does give us the upper hand because, you know, you, you get to come to work. Uh, and you still get to support the warfighter. So that's one thing that I sell, supporting the warfighter. And you defend democracy and those two things alone. Um, and our values are amazing. You know, I looked at the company's values are very similar to what we held in the military and people live those values and they don't, you know, they, as I like to say, they drink the Kool-Aid. They really believe, you know, 
what we do is, has a purpose and it's bigger than than just us it's it's supporting our constitution supporting our rights all our rights um and that's what makes me getting up every day and, and i tell my my kids i'm like look i am just as proud to put on my raytheon technology shirt every day as i was my military uniform for every 20 years so that's a personal reason and of course we have phenomenal benefits education benefits pto I mean, all the, the great stuff out there. I work a 980 schedule, so I'm off every other Friday. No, that's great. And it definitely, you can just feel the passion for what you do and who you do it for. Again, kind of in that same vein, you talked about a mistake that's often made is just kind of that spaghetti to the wall approach. Just as many, you know, things that you can apply to, something will stick eventually. Can you... I want to dip into that just a little bit more. Is there really like a limit that someone should have? Is there a certain number, a magic number of how many or how many not to apply within an organization? So no, absolutely not. So, you know, people, I tell people a lot of times that if there's an open requisition on the system, that means that's a headcount that we need. So there could be 10 positions out there for the same financial analyst. And it's basically the same requisition, but 10 different recs. And if there's 10 out there, apply for all 10. Because that's ten positions that we need people in. So, and 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 there's varying opinions on that. So, some companies I know, like ours, if I apply for a, a finance rec or an engineering rec, and someone else is hired on that rec, then the recruiter is going to move me over to the other engineering rec that's the same, right? Because that's what we do. We try to hire all the great candidates. But a lot of companies don't do that. If you only apply to one of the ten recs, and you don't get hired on that one rec, they're not going to take the um, you know, take you and move you over to the identical rec. So I would say apply to every rec out there. I don't think there's a limit to any rec unless you're just applying to everything. Then you're going to become a joke. (laughs) Well, you've had so many great insights. And I know you had mentioned earlier, you wanted to chat a little bit more about breaking into cybersecurity. I wanted to just touch back there before we find out a little bit more about how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. So for cybersecurity, so I would say be very wary of these certification programs where, you know, you can use your, your 9-11 GI Bill to go get a software engineering boot camp for six weeks or your SEC Plus, because a lot of times they will, and there's no one particular place, um, they'll say, oh, you'll make $100,000 when you finish this program. So if you start four years in the infantry, got out, got your SEC Plus, and you just have a high school education, you're not going to make $100,000 a year, people. Like you really have to, you know, it's, you know, you're coming in entry level. Or even if you're 20 plus years in the military and you were, say you did logistics or supply chain, and then you want to switch career fields into cybersecurity, that's awesome. So you go get your SEC plus, maybe even a cybersecurity degree, but you're not going to break in making a hundred, 150,000 a year because you don't have relevant experience. So you need to have relevant job experience in that field to come in at that level. So just keep that stuff in mind. And if you're willing to start over, like, you know, don't get me wrong, even entry-level cybersecurity folks make really good money. But if you're planning, if you think you can use your 20 years of military experience and lump that in because now you're cyber and, and make that huge money, that's not the case. So just be very aware of that. And if you are getting into cyber, you know, the, the certifications help, definitely. Like with us, you've got to have minimum SEC plus for any DOD stuff. Um, but also keep in mind that the, the, the cybersecurity degree is going to be necessary at some point in time. So if you don't have a degree, then you really, and you get into an entry-level cyber job, 
with your sec plus, you know, maybe a year or two of college in order to grow in your career and really advance. Uh, if that's what you want to do, you're going to have to go get a cybersecurity computer science type degree. And I would say the same is for software engineering because you have those software engineering boot camp types. So just keep that in mind. Very important. Well, not only is Tony giving out great advice and has great careers, but I bet he is available to get a hold of if you have questions around those great careers or just want some great advice. So how in the heck can the listeners get a hold of you? Yeah. So I would say the first thing to do is always connect with me on LinkedIn. That would be the first thing. Just just type my name in, Anthony Gilbert. I should be the first one that pops up. Um, and definitely follow me on there. You can send me a message. It does take me quite a while. Sometimes I can get up to a hundred messages a day, depending on the day. Um, and they are more than welcome to email me if they would like my team to review their resume or to give them some advice or some career advice. Then, um, yeah, it's RMD Raytheon missiles, defense dot military dot relations at rtx.com. And that is my team's email inbox. And I have a team of three that manage that inbox any day, all day. Um, Once you send us your resume, we'll review it. We'll get you in our, we'll have you fill out our screening form. And by doing our screening form, this allows us to send your man or your resume out to like, I don't know, thousand managers that like to hire veterans across the organization. And we don't not only share your resume across missiles and defense, but we'll share your resume with Collins, Pratt and Intel and space. Um, and yeah, hopefully help find you a, a good career path as you're transitioning or, you know, into another job or whatever the case may be. I love the way you place that. We just have, you know, like a thousand managers that, oh, I don't know, like to hire veterans. You know, just give we, us your resume. We literally have a list of like a thousand, two thousand that say, yeah, we'll hire and we'll host. And um, and the great thing is, is, you know, I, I don't only represent RMD. I represent Raytheon Technologies as a whole. And like I said, we have 7,000 job openings across the country, and we've pretty much had any location you can imagine. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure getting to learn a little bit more about your organization, a little bit more about you, and just definitely appreciate everything that you shared today. So thanks, Tony. Hey, you're welcome. Uh, Yeah, I look forward to connecting with anyone. Please, please connect with me. I'm always here to help. So today we heard from Tony, and I hope that you enjoyed learning as much as I did from Tony. He had such just practical advice about how to go out there and find that job. And really, really what I hope you tuned into today was just the fact that it's about talking to the recruiter. For a recruiter to throw out there and say, hey, if you're interested in talking, I'd love to see your resume, and only to have 10% respond, I know we can all do better. So I am so honored that you chose to spend some of your time with Tony and myself today. And this brings us to the end of today's podcast. So thanks so much for coming by. You know what to do next. Get out there, subscribe, rate, and review us. Until next time, bye-bye.